This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Pipelines have police! Pipelines have police! Corporations have greed! Corporations have greed! Wet sweat and has friends here! And we will never leave. All right, welcome back to the show. This is Mike Smith filling for Simi. That is the sound this morning from some of the blockades up around Metro Vancouver, notably the one outside the port of Vancouver as anti-pipeline protesters in solidarity with the Wet'suwet'en hereditary chiefs fighting to block that coastal gas link, natural gas pipeline, blocked roads and access to the port of Vancouver. Multiple arrests this morning by the police as they moved in and arrested dozens of people. Let's check in now with Natalie Knight. She is a spokesperson for the Wet'suwet'en Solidarity Blockades. Natalie, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Can you tell me what happened this morning? Sure. Um, Time is a little bit uh, out of whack (laughs) from these past few days. I believe it was uh, sometime after 5 a.m., right around 5 5 a.m. or so, uh, all three locations of the blockades of the Port of Vancouver uh, had police officers, VPD officers descend on the scene and read the injunction to those of us who were holding space and holding the line. Uh, VPD then continued to tell us that if we stayed there, uh, we'd be violating the injunction and that we would be arrested. So those people who were able to risk arrest uh, held the line, and those who needed to step back stepped back into legal observer positions. And we held the line for a few hours, and arrests continued. Uh, the number that I have heard is over 30, between 30 and 35 arrests were made between um, the Powell and Heatley blockade of the Port of Vancouver and the Hastings and Clark blockade site there were an additional 14 arrests at the delta port blockade okay are, th- are there any of these blockades still up or have they all been taken down now they've currently all been taken down having said that we are meeting this afternoon to plan next steps so you will definitely see us in the streets again okay natalie why are you why are you guys doing this i think a lot of people listening will be a lot of especially if they've been inconvenienced by these blockades might be wondering like why are you doing this to me? Why are you dragging people into this fight when they've got nothing to do with it? What's what's your message to the people who've been inconvenienced by this? Yeah, thank you for that question. Uh, you know, one thing that we spent a lot of time doing um, holding these blockades was talking with the unionized workers who uh, work in the port. Uh, so workers who were either leaving their shift and walking out of the port or trying to get into the shift, into their shift, um, We would engage in conversation and, you know, a number of people would be pretty angry um, about us stopping them from being able to work. And over the course of a conversation, uh, as we explained the situation up north and the reason we're doing it, people really came around. And um, it was my experience that half or slightly more than half of the unionized workers we spoke to by the end of our conversation, they were in support of our action. So that 
says a tremendous amount to me about the ability for uh, for people to understand what's going on and to have solidarity with the Wet'suwet'en people. Okay, when I talk to people, I hear a lot of anger and frustration about these kind of tactics. And so, I don't know, I mean, you may, you saying you're hearing people supporting you, but I hear a lot of people who, who don't support these kind of tactics. And what would you say to the suggestion that you guys do yourselves more harm than good with this kind of stuff? Like, if you're trying to convince people to support you and support... Uh, and want to, and, and shut down this natural gas pipeline that when you block roads and you block ports and you block bridges you just drive people away from your cause like it just seems to me you guys are i don't know just doing yourself more harm than good yeah that's a refrain that we hear um that's yeah. very common to hear in these moments um i, I being someone who's involved in the actions and is uh and is confronted by folks who come to the action and might be very angry or passers-by. Yeah. Um, on the ground, uh, people are, are willing to hear and change their minds. What I would offer to folks who may be a little bit further away from the actions or, you know, whose um, commutes have been disrupted and other parts of their lives have been disrupted, what I would offer is that the Wet'suwet'en people who are defending um, their land, which has never been ceded to the government. It's never been signed over in treaty or sold. Uh, those people have been facing down snipers and police dogs and tactical units. That is a, a much more serious, quote-unquote, inconvenience than having um, your commute stalled or delayed. And so I would just offer to folks that we keep in mind um, the gravity of the situation and the fact that people's lives are literally on the line. Uh, uh, you may know that um, in December, an article came out that released information that last year, when, uh, when people were arrested at the Wet'suwet'en territories, uh, the RCMP had uh, lethal overwatch, which means snipers. Um, okay. okay. So, what would yeah. you say to the, when we take a look at the Coastal Gas Link Pipeline Project, of course, as, as I'm sure you know, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Indigenous support for that project and that all 20 First Nations along that pipeline route, their elected band councils have uh, support that project. And, and a lot of them are kind of angry with these kind of blockade tactics. And I just want to play you a very short clip. This is uh, mm -hmm. Vern Vernon Mitchell. He's a, a member of the Wet'suwet'en First Nation. And here he is talking about some of these blockades. And certain people that which don't even have an idea where our trap lines and who owns the territory and which area are thinking that they know it all and they're stepping in saying they don't even know diddly squat about our territory and then meanwhile they're putting on roadblocks and so forth and that's uncalled for. They don't realize who they're hurting. They're hurting my people and my kids. What do you say to him? I mean, there's a First Nations elder from the Wet'suwet'en First Nation who supports that project and the jobs and benefits that's, that it's going to bring, and he says you guys are hurting him and his family. What I would say um, is just that the to keep in mind the context of band council leadership, the Indian Act created band council leadership and forcibly imposed that system of leadership onto First Nations communities across Canada. Uh, that the band council leadership system does not represent the traditional structures of governance and indigenous peoples in Canada have had our own governance systems for thousands of years. 
So the hereditary chief system is the system that many Indigenous sovereigntists recognize. The band council mm-hmm. system, for a long list of reasons, is highly compromised in many communities. Yeah, but it's a democratic system, though, right? I mean, people vote for their band councillors, and we've seen we've seen occasions where anti-pipeline people have, who have uh, run for positions on elected band councils and they've been defeated. Because I, su- I suggest to you that the majority of Indigenous people impacted by this project support it. What would you say to that? Um, I would say that's incorrect. There's no information out there that suggests the majority of Indigenous people support these projects. All, fact, all, all 20 of them support it through their elected councils. Again, I would uh, advise you to consider that there's nothing democratic about having a system of government, governance enforced upon a group of people. Um, that's not democratic when you're forced to adopt a system of governance that you did not hold previously. Uh, so I, I refute um, the claim that it's a democratic system to begin with. Uh, and also, huh. you know, if you pay attention to um, grassroots communities, there's a lot of support for the uh, hereditary chiefs. Yeah, but I've talked to a lot of I've talked to a lot of grassroots people in in this uh, community, these affected communities who support the project too, including a lot of indigenous companies that are getting contracts out of it. I mean, you know, there are remote First Nations in northern BC that are just suffering from poverty, and a lot of them have got contracts to build worker camps. There's one in northern BC; they're actually building a work camp on the site of a former residential school, and they say it's a turning point for their community to get some get some benefits uh, into their community and lift them out of poverty. So I'm, I'm just wondering what you would say to them. Like if, if you were looking them face and face to face today, what would you say to them? Sure. I would uphold the words of uh, my indigenous comrades and cousins like the tiny house warriors and uh, the manual family who've brought a lot of attention to the harm and the violence that these man camps, um, the better term for these camps you're referring to are man camps. They bring in a bunch of men to do work, and there is a long documented history of man camps uh, uh, directly causing violence against Indigenous women. Okay. So, um, yeah, that would be my response. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot.